Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again as we continue uh, reading through the Bible in a year. Uh, we have made our way to 1 Corinthians chapters 4, 5, and 6 today. If you've got a Bible and it's handy, uh, open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I'll take a moment and uh, kind of give you a summary overview of uh, what's going on in those three chapters, and we'll come back and make a, a few more specific comments uh, from chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. And so uh, the Apostle Paul uh, here in uh, chapter 4 uh, has a word to say about his uh, identity, his role, his work uh, as an apostle, that indeed, uh, though uh, he was one uh, that was called to uh, the apostolic ministry uniquely, different from uh, the other apostles. He nonetheless uh, was an apostle, and God had worked through him, and that uh, the Corinthians should be, uh, of any people, most aware of this truth. He transitions in chapter 5 to a very serious issue for the church then. It's always been an issue for the church uh, in regards to sin, Specifically here, the sin of immorality, seemingly uh, a case of incest, possibly uh, a relationship uh, between uh, a son and a, a stepmother, uh, which is in transgression of certainly the holiness codes of the Old Testament, the law of the Old Testament. And Paul says, listen, the Gentiles wouldn't even accept this. And we need to deal with it uh, as uh, the church and his his way of dealing with it is that this person would be excluded from that fellowship. We would loosely refer to that as church discipline. And please always remember, anytime this kind of concept is ever mentioned, people get very defensive and you know fear for judgment, uh, judgmentalism, and things like that. But Paul explains that to remove someone from the fellowship of the church is always with a view toward their redemption, that they would be removed from the protectorate of the church so that Satan could create uh, all of the misery possible in their life so that the misery might drive them once again to the cross. So we see that, chapter 5. Uh, again, uh, issues uh, within the church of uh, of. Uh, contentiousness, factionism, manifesting itself in lawsuits. Paul gives a corrective and instructive there. And, and then uh, a fuller warning uh, related to uh, sexual immorality and uh, the, the particular, peculiar issue uh, it is for those who know Jesus Christ. And so uh, let's look uh, again at the text that I said we would highlight, uh, chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Paul wrote, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. There uh, certainly is a, a warning that I think is appropriate for the church of every age. And it's very simply this, that those who persist in unrighteous living 
should not anticipate that their sins have been forgiven, that they have the hope of heaven. That Paul says the unrighteous. And then he describes, well, here's what unrighteousness is and what it actually looks like. And he gives a not an exhaustive list of sins, but just a, a representative list of various sins that characterize those that are ultimately unrighteous. And by unrighteous, he means unregenerate, unsaved, unforgiven. And so he says that type of individual who lives according to that type of lifestyle should not have the expectation that they are Christians. And then he reminds us, lest we become prideful and think, well, I don't do those things, and I'm, I'm such a wonderful Christian, and I would never do those things. He reminds us that all of us were saved from that from those sins and others. As I say, the list is not exhaustive. Uh, it doesn't mean that every person who's ever been saved uh, has committed one or more of these particular sins. It just means that we are all sinners and we have all committed sins. And we were once by nature, uh, by our identity, by our practice, by our lifestyle, we were sinners. But that is not our identity any, any longer, that, that we uh, have been washed. And I, this is an important verse for us in understanding of, of sanctification. There, we typically, at least in my experience, speak of sanctification, of being made holy experientially and progressively as something that is an ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And it is. But we also need to understand that it is proper to speak of those who have been saved, those who have been born again, who have placed their faith uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. They have repented of their sins. They have been converted that they indeed have been sanctified. That is, they have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, their sins have been blotted out. Their guilt has been expunged. And they have been robed in the righteous robes of our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, as the old hymn says, we are indeed, because of Christ, faultless to stand before the throne. And so I pray uh, that is a good word for us. That is the gospel. I pray that this is a blessing to your day. <music>